Welcome back to a live recorded show as opposed to the past future. The past couple of weeks we've been revisiting older episodes because I was in Europe for a month. You were there during Sheffield, right? I was there during Sheffield and I obviously didn't, I'm not going to drag my wife to Sheffield. Yeah. Um, Sheffield's a city? Yeah. I saw that Omar was there and. Yeah. Him and Eric Helms went out, I think, for a little content and project. Um, we watched it here a little bit. We had it on in the gym. Um, yeah. Powerlifting is a interesting thing because they like hyped that up like crazy, uh-huh. and it was cool. Yeah, but like still, I think it was like you know, and this is the same conversation we've had with many guests on here, Garrett and others when we we're talking about growing the sport. Mm-hmm. Had like eight thousand views maybe on YouTube live. Uh huh. And you're like, oh, and that's supposed to be like our Super Bowl. Yeah. And we and how much money did they spend on that? Yeah. Right? If they spent whatever the prize money was, 150K or something. Mm-hmm. That's not a good return. When you imagine probably double that for the venue and the flying people in. Right. You, would, you hope they would invite, uh, at least fly those pe- kids in, the athletes, and give them a hotel or give them a something, uh, a stipend to travel. Yeah, it's just like, man, we're so we're still so far off. It's just not fun to watch. And and I'll argue that till the day I die. Like I want to watch it, but I know the people. I know the people competing. Yeah. I know the ins and outs. I don't know. I'm not I'm not going to watch it if I don't know the people people competing yeah. or if there isn't a record up. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. like and it's just not that exciting. I I say that as someone who because the baseball season started while I was in Europe, and so the timing was off. I mean, yeah. I could have, I could have watched. I like, got the MLB package. I could, I could have watched it, but like, I'm just going to stay up all night to watch a game. Even that we talked about it too. The NBA and the MLB seasons are just so long. So, like, yeah. I, I love basketball, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to really watch. Yeah, major league baseball game. games are a, about a half hour shorter this year because of the rule changes. Yeah, but even then, what? There's fucking 180 it's, per team or some crazy yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, 162. Yeah. There's so many games. Like, I'll follow, even this NBA season, I, I followed the Kings, obviously, because it's our first good season in a long time. Yeah. Jim and I just went to the playoff game last night. But, like, yeah, I'm watching, like, the box score. I'm not going to, you can't watch every game. And then, if, even if you do want to watch every game, baseball might be different in this regard. But, like, guys aren't just going, they're just not going that hard in basketball. Because yeah. they can't. They can't. Like, and, you, you and can't. The, and survive the season. Yeah, and, and you can't, like, give that much, like, meaning to each game. Like, you can't play your heart out. Like, yeah, injuries, but then let alone just, like, because, yeah, every game matters, but some, you know, you're you're somewhere in between a coast and, and hitting the gas. Like, you're not pedaled to the metal. But that's what makes playoffs so fun. Like, right, yeah. They're going crazy. Yeah, because last night it was like, there was no, yeah. it was relentless. Yeah, especially the Kings. I mean, yeah. they're, they're playing like their entire life depends on him. And it does in some sense, right? They it win, they probably sense, get, yeah. they get money bonuses. They're yeah. more likely to get signed to our team yeah. or whatever team wants them next. Like your career is on the line. Plus Mike Brown, the coach, coach of the year, which is amazing, has done such a good job of like tying them all together and wanting to win, being a part of something bigger than themselves. Like Mike Brown, Mike Brown, for those that don't know, uh, was the main coach that coached LeBron to a bunch of titles in Cleveland. Uh, he actually backed up Kerr. I forgot. I think there was controversy. I think maybe when LeBron left, he had a little bit of like um, bad look on his name. I think it was just because LeBron left, and then the Cavs sucked, and he coached them for like a year, you know? Yeah. So uh, he went back to an assistant role with Steve Kerr. I think he won a championship with them. Um, and then I think this is his first lead role since then. And obviously, yeah, coach of the year, brought a 10th seed team to the third third seed already went in a playoff series potentially um 
But like, yeah, there's just like a, so much more meaning in what's going on, and for the city. But he his praise of the city is really cool. That's something that kind of gets me fired up because like Cleveland's a big sports town. Yeah, you know, and like Sacramento's not really a sports town. It is a basketball town, but it's not really a sports town. No one ever thinks about it, and we've been here, and we don't even think it. That's not the first thing that pops in our head. No. Um, although the Kings fans are crazy, um, but it's cool to see the city come alive, and it's obviously the first playoffs. Um, just NBA history for y'all. The Kings were going to move or be sold. Um, what I guess seven ten, years ago. Ten now? years ago. Really? Goddamn. Yeah, it's been a minute. <laughs> ten years ago ish. Uh, and their old arena was cool, but it was really old. It was from the eighties when they moved here from Kansas City, and it was out by our airport, which isn't far from Third Street, but it's ten minutes. And yeah. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's a bunch of McDonald's and random shit out there. A regular suburb. Uh, six years ago, seven years ago, then we built an arena downtown. Yeah. Um, or at least opened. Uh after saving the team and keeping them here. And obviously we had the biggest drought in all sports playoffs. But just to remind you, Warriors fans, you've also had that same drought. All you shit talkers, you were also 17 years not in the playoffs, but beside the point. And then I love stats, you know? People just come with all these arguments. Yeah, Who's the little political fucker? Uh, facts over feelings. I don't like that guy, but that <laughs> statement is great, right? Because everyone's always spitting all this bullshit, but then... Right. Warriors fans don't know what's going on. Shapiro. It's Shapiro. But oh, whatever. Ben Shapiro, yeah. 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 But uh, it is true. And so, and beside the point, um, yeah, we had a long drought. And so to see the arena, which is dead middle of the city, right by 3rd Street, less than a mile, maybe a mile, um, like just have so much life about it uh, is really fun to see. So we went to the game Saturday. I think you were either flying or on your way back. I, no, I was, I was home. I watched, it, I watched it on TV. Yeah, we, we went to because there's a viewing party outside. I see everybody in a good mood in the city alive, and then and then going to the game last night, it was it was cool because I, I can't quite remember, but I'm pretty sure I probably went to a, a playoff game in the O twos, the O ones at some point. I've only been of the three major sports in America. The only playoff game that I that I've been to was a, a Niner game. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Niners Vikings years ago. I don't think I've been to. I've probably only basketball. I went to a, a Cavs. Raptors game when I was visiting Omar and they just happened to be in town. I bought a ticket, mm -hmm. but the hype even then wasn't the same. You yeah. know, Toronto wasn't a sports town not, per se, not particularly yeah. a sports town. But yeah. the Sac Kings are crazy. And going back to Mike Brown, who coached LeBron freaking James, you know, he's talking about how crazy our fans are and how loud our stadium is compared to everywhere else. I literally did. I, I laid. We dipped quick after the game. Game ended at what, maybe nine forty-five or something. Yeah, we rode our bikes because I live close-ish um hauled ass home literally went to bed uh because i'm normally in bed at eight and it's already 10 and my ears are ringing like i went to a rock concert you're like it was see crazy. i didn't have that experience at all and yeah, i was, you know i've talked about the fact that i have a hearing loss <laughs> speaking, <laughs> speaking of which and i wear hearing aids okay everybody should know that um and it's really sort of the upper range that i'm that i'm missing now yeah and uh i had to go in yesterday because like while i was gone one of my hearing aids decided to just not work correctly. That sucks. And, and then uh, I got home and it healed itself, but I'd already made this appointment, so I went in to deal with whatever. And it's the Euro Air, yeah. And I don't know what it was, honestly. I don't know if it was the it was the difference in in you know it's like the power conversion or anything. Uh, maybe it is possibly, but I don't yeah. think so. Um, but there's a little like plastic dome thing that sits on the or silicone dome thing that sits on the top of it that keeps stuff from getting into the hearing aids, yeah. guts, whatever. And um, 
so the tech is looking at at you know not the one that was that I was having trouble with, but the other one. She's like, "Where's the dome on that?" And I said, "I, I, I don't know. I had trouble putting on the last one. I have no idea where it is." She's like, "Maybe it's in your ear," and she looks in my ear, and there it is. Oh no! <laughs> and it's gotten stuffed way back in there, oh, so it's no. like next to my um. Takes my eardrum, so they had to take me downstairs to a to a ENT who uh, a doctor, you know, who yeah. showed me the inside of my ear, which was oh, really yikes. interesting. And he pulled it out. It was, yeah, it was a whole experience. Procedure. Yeah, it was a whole experience yesterday. Yeah, that's like kids. Why are kids always like uh, kids and dogs? I don't know why, but it's something I've never experienced where they just shove things in holes. Yeah, I don't know why kids do that, but I know my. Um, like, I think my cousin had a quarter, not a quarter, but like a penny or a nickel, like so far up his schnoz. And he's like three, you know, this was years ago, but they had to go get surgery and shit. Or dogs, you always hear about dogs doing that stuff. I'm like, don't you just watch your dog? Like, I just watch my dog, right? I'm yeah. going to make sure he doesn't does eat it, and plastic. Put, make sure that there's not stuff out that they yeah. would mess or, with. Yeah. yeah, and obviously, I don't have perfect dogs. They're they're eating their toy, and then mm. I see that, and I take it away from them. Yeah. Like, how's your dog always got... How do they have like a Hot Wheels in its stomach? Yeah, uh, that's a really good question. My um, my younger grandson, I think maybe it was an M and M or a jelly bean or something like that. Put it up his nose. Yeah. Had to go to the doctor to get it out. That's just so weird. I pick my nose as a kid, but like, and as an adult, like you, you got a boogie, you get it out. But I've never <laughs> shoved anything up there. Yeah, it you, doesn't you, feel natural. You picked you picked your nose and you got that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't choose. <laughs> uh. Uh, we should talk about the fact that you should fill me in. Like we're doing a, a dog adoption event right here. Yeah, we're doing it. Trying to do a bunch of cool shit. So a member of ours, shout out to Kaylin, uh, in Avi's class. Uh, I don't know why Dan too. Dan obviously, Kaylin, probably even you over me. I, I my network in Sac. I know like people, but I don't know people. And so yeah. like Kaylin's another one like Dan who just knows everybody. Yeah. And so I don't know if I brought up the idea to her. Or she brought because uh, I had the I probably even brought up the idea to you a long time ago, but I had it in my head. She's like, "Oh, I think I know someone on the board of our local animal shelter." Also, I did. Let's rock. And then she didn't even let me help. She like handled it all. And so it's not set in stone. We have a meeting Thursday, but um, we have second Saturday here. So every second Saturday of the month, Third Street, uh, we try to open our doors to the community and have a free training day from eight eight a.m. to noon. Um, just to allow people that either want to visit don't live close, have never experienced a gym mm-hmm. like this, maybe can't afford it, whatever it might be, come experience the community. Um, and so it's been going great. It's been growing with the help of team, Avi, Seabass, et cetera. Uh, it started at, you know, maybe we had 10 people show up kind of for a day pass and the energy's good. Now, I think I counted the other day, we had like 40 people in here at one second. So then I was always thought, and second Saturday in Sacramento pre-COVID was uh, probably over a decade ago, started as an art show. And local businesses would allow uh, artists and different companies to do pop-ups within their stores. Mm-hmm. And people would just kind of store hop and, and look at these exhibits. And that was called Second Saturday. It was mostly art-driven. Um, I Don't correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't think it's a thing anymore since the pandemic. No, it's actually still Did a they thing. bring it back? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it transformed. It's yeah. less artsy, and now it's more just town shit, community yeah. shit. Yeah, there's, yeah. The, uh, galleries have openings, but that's yeah. but there's all sorts of other stuff, too. Yeah, and then there was uh, our street, which is like our historic street, is one of our kind of bar areas, restaurant, entertainment. They got a small concert uh, hall. They... Um, started to shut off the street and do a huge fair over the summers. And I mm-hmm. think that's on a second Saturday. Anyways, 
I thought that would be cool. And how do we build that into our community, give back a little bit, help a little bit, whatever. Um, so we're going to have one of our animal shelters bring out some doggos. They're going to set up just, you know, I don't know, a playpen or whatever the heck they do. I don't know, on leashes, on a tent. I don't know. But just a way to promote um, the local dogs. We're having, you know, hundreds of people come in on a Saturday. The animal shelter can promote it. And it's right down the street, yeah. which makes sense. They even said that. They're like, oh, if one of the dogs gets adopted, you guys are so close. We can just go grab another dog to get adopted. <laughs> and so uh, that should be May 10th. Yeah. The, yeah. They're literally on the other side of the freeway. Yeah. From us. yeah it's a little hard to get to, but uh, just because the director out, but they're a rock's throw from us. So yeah. we're going to do that. Then we're trying to set up a little bit more vendory fun stuff with some vintage boys in, in uh, uh, June. Um, obviously good company and, and a lot that I do and everything has to do with um, kind of confidence, building your clothing, feeling mm-hmm. good about your clothes. And I've, I've worn vintage clothes for a very long time. And there's a huge vintage community everywhere now. It's popping off, but uh, in Sacramento. And so yeah. I met some of those boys, uh, some local kids and trying to see if they want to do some pop-up to continue to hopefully help their business in some ways mm-hmm. and just spread good cheer and um, good vibes. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see where the summer takes us. Now that the weather's nice, um, that was kind of what I was waiting on before I, I try to implement some of this fun stuff. Is that um, it's just been cold? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, like, who wants to stand out there all morning when it's cold? Nobody. Yeah, absolutely nobody. Um, winding it back just a little bit, uh, there was an article in today's um, Washington Post. The headline is "Sacramento Kings Spark Hope for City's Post-COVID Revival." I agree. I mean, we've seen it obviously firsthand from ourselves, you know, opening the gym and and how difficult that's been. And I don't think it was as difficult. I think it was more difficult, one, than I thought. And then two, it's more difficult even in hindsight. Where often things seem better in hindsight. Yeah. It's almost worse in hindsight when I start to look back um, and how stupid it was. But even seeing the gym become alive we have a lot more college students we have a lot more gen pop we have just a lot more members um and the vibes are really high and then driving around the city you know jim and i both live in the area uh the amount of apartments that are going up businesses that are trying to go up there's plans for new restaurants there's plans for new um grocery stores uh which was the pace we were at in 2018 yeah. 2019 the city was becoming a lot of ties to austin texas uh, a lot of growth was happening um overall we're a small city you know i think by pure uh sacramento is like five hundred thousand people we're not a very big city obviously it expands and we have suburbs but to see that um there's just no way you can't really like tie dot for dot business wise, probably with the Kings being successful. Um, but like a sense of unity yeah. obviously helps uh, an excuse to go out downtown. Every single bar on Saturday was packed to the brim with people watching the game. Yeah, uh, obviously sure. t- ticket prices are a little spendy now. So a lot of people can't go. Plus it's limited. It's 18,000 mm-hmm. people or whatever. Um, but to see the local businesses, um, to see, you know, even little things like uh, Shaq and, and Charles Barkley talking about the Kings. Um, it like feels kind of weird. You know, I'm watching all the highlights and, and seeing things on Twitter. It's just, uh, it's different, but it's good for the city for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, Bill Simmons tweeted during Saturday's game. If, um, it was like right at the end of the game. He said, "If if Steph Curry sinks a three that wins this game, this game is the best game of the season. And even if he doesn't, 
Oh yeah, it's yeah. like yeah, it was, it was intense. And last night's game was in some ways better. Yeah, it was really intense last night. A little bit more back and forth. We had a lot of uh, bigger runs last night. I think that uh, without looking at the stats, like um, the entirety of the game Saturday was a little bit closer. This one had some like ten point runs and some comebacks. A little bit of drama with the Draymond Green things. I don't know if you guys are basketball fans or sports fans out there, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. And I haven't watched basketball like that in a long time. And I had like the, the 2K view. You know, I don't know if you ever played 2K, but like it's like a perfect bird's eye view. It's Our upper deck's tall, but it's really steep on purpose. So yeah. no one's ever obstructing your view. Correct. Like I can see a perfect court. Like it, our, unless, unless it's E40. Yeah. That's only on the floor. <laughs> I'm not down there. Uh, like the view, the, the engineering of this arena is insane, actual. Um, and so like my view is so good and to like watch it. I kind of watch basketball like I watch powerlifting. Like you don't really watch as a fan. I watch as like a coach, kind of. Yeah, I mean that that upper level view lets you see plays developing, like you Everything. were looking at a whiteboard. No, exactly. Yeah, I like the perfect angle, and even like uh, which I didn't notice for the first time. Not that I haven't set upper deck. I I for sure have at some point, but um, uh, I could see the arc of the ball. I could see the bar the ball path like perfectly. Like I could see a release his hand, and that it's oh. going to be a miss. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah it was absolutely. crazy. Yeah. I I was only a couple of times shocked yeah. that that uh, the baskets were made when yeah. when shots were taken, which is just so uh, different from even being on a court playing in a, a big arena like that. I don't know if anyone played basketball, but the depth perception is so hard when you play in high school and majority of colleges, unless you go to Kentucky or something. But even that's rare. Um, there's there's uh, a backdrop. There's something behind the hoop, right? And so you take that out, and it's so hard. In the, backboards obviously see-through even if it wasn't see-through it was white like your depth perception is so hard i played at like sac state a couple times um which is bigger than a high school arena but not nba and yeah your depth perception gets fucked that's why um in baseball they have a hitter's backdrop so like yeah it makes sense like beyond beyond the pitcher way on the actually on the other side of the stadium it's yeah it's, just it's something a, solid yeah yeah, yeah it fucks with your eyes a lot. Yeah, because otherwise you can't actually, you know, the depth perception is just not there. You can't figure out where the hell the ball is. Yeah, yeah it's hard. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, these games have been with, not without controversy. Where I'm alluding a little bit to the, the E40 yeah. thing. Poor guy. And we were just hearing uh, a firsthand account of it and – uh, from someone uh, here at the gym, and there isn't any clarity at all as to actually what the hell happened. No, and you never know, right? Besides the person chirping at him and whoever he's chirping back at, it, it is kind of funny to me. Like now, there's like this NorCal thing going on, but th- it's never been a rivalry. Like, Not really, no. Yeah, yeah, because like when we were good, they were trash, and like in the '90s, we were both kind of trash. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? A rivalry means you're going head to head all the time. And they've been good for for the last few years. Yeah, and they, and the Kings sucked. Right. Yeah, they 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 drafted Steph Curry, gave him two years, and then he started to run. So he's probably been good. Yeah, the Warriors have been solid eight eight years. And the Kings obviously been pretty bad for fifteen years and not good for seventeen plus. So you know, yeah, what's the rivalry? Yeah, I don't think there is one. And everyone here is like. A's fans and Giants fans and yeah. Niners fans. Like, that's, you know, that's what I like about NorCal. Like, NorCal is one thing. Yeah. You know, it's kind of one unit. Uh, I will say, though, that Steve Kerr is, he said that if uh, if the Kings beat them this round, they're not going to be, like, NorCal cheering for the Kings. It's oh, like, damn. Yeah. That's messed up. Yeah. Come on, Stevie. 
Yeah. Who does he want to cheer for? Is he? Is he a? No, he's an Arizona guy. He's an Arizona guy. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say he's maybe, he. He gives me a, a East Bay guy vibes. I think that he and Tom Tolbert both played with Kenny Lofton. Oh, maybe at, at Arizona. That's funny. Yeah, I was I was just a Kenny Lofton fan because of Cleveland. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. And Mike Brown and Steve Kerr are obviously really close. I think, but and it, who knows what he's saying? He could have just said that in jest, and even not like who are you going to cheer for anyways? You just cheer right. for, yeah. It's right. all just, the Lakers. Yeah, I mean. it's all trash. Yeah. I think the Lakers are up, though. I think the Lakers are up, too. The, this is the first year in a while, I feel like, the West, at least, is into Kupo. I know this is a tournament basketball podcast. Sorry, everyone. Um, this is what's going on with us right now. So. Yeah. Yeah, Sacramento's. You're going to hang with us. This is what we're going to talk about. Yeah, Milwaukee, into uh, Kupo got injured. And besides Milwaukee, the West is like a coin flip. Kind of feels like March Madness. Like anybody could win. Yeah. And I said that. I said that. Two months ago, I said, "Man, that's great that the Kings are in third, but we're gonna have to play the Lakers or we're gonna have to play the Warriors." And yeah. no one wants to play LeBron or Curry. I don't care if the teams are in shambles; you never yeah. want to play one of those guys. And so, yeah, that's where we are now. And same thing, yeah, the Lakers could have a little upset. I think they're the seventh or eighth seed. Um, and who knows? Who knows what happens? At least a little bit more drawn out. Like Philly's really good. Boston's gonna be good. It'll probably be them too in the Eastern Conference. But who knows? But the West, and that's kind of what makes playoffs fun. The football. Was a good season like that? Yeah, you never really knew what was happening. Warriors had trouble scoring last night when Curry wasn't on the court. Yeah, they kind of do. I think Poole's a little overrated, and and our, honestly, the Kings are a, a really tough matchup for anyone because we have about two or three guys that can cover a lot of positions and are really good defenders. We're just long and athletic. Like as a player myself, obviously not in the NBA, but like the play, playing against Malik, Aaron Fox, and and. Uh, Davis Mitchell it would be just like a nightmare because they're just up in your grill. They're they're energizer bunnies. They're long. They're really athletic, and all three of them are they're just guarding you all day. Long. Like that Curry was tired. Yeah, you never seen Curry tired before. And Pools l- looks like nothing. Last season they thought he was going to be the next Steph Curry. This season he looks like a fucking bench warmer. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we were up in their grills. The Kings are tough, man. The Kings are a tough matchup, it, it, and we shot terribly. If yeah. you look at the box, oh my god! Yeah, if you look at the box score, um, besides maybe turnovers, the Warriors won last night. Yeah, yeah, they they shot better, they scored better, they rebounded better. Um, kind of the intangibles is what we had. We played a lot of tough D. We wore them out, fouls a little bit, but then even that, everyone's bitching about like the calls, and there was too many calls in my opinion. Like yep. the rest, especially needed, early in the game. Yeah, the rest need to chill, but it was on both sides. I think. I think. Uh, second half fouls like twenty six Warriors twenty five Kings. So if you're looking purely analytics, um, it's it's not like it was that biased or anything. But the rest were just kind of ruining the game. They were ruining I, the flow for sure. I do feel like, and I don't know if this is something that happens. I was speaking out of my ass here, but I feel like the uh, financial condition of every um, referee for every major sport should be examined before uh, they're allowed to officiate in. In playoff games, in terms of gambling, yeah, or yeah, just like what what are their what does their finances look like? Like, are they having big influxes or outflows of cash? Yeah, I haven't heard. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. And especially after that documentary came out, I, I didn't finish it. Um, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, we'll have we, to watch it. Yeah, maybe we'll do a podcast on it. Have uh, you seen Air? No, it's in, just in the theaters, yeah. but it's coming to Amazon. Know. Yeah, I, don't I know. think we'll I definitely have, want to. I've we'll heard mixed. That. I've heard mixed reviews. I think. Uh, um, a couple of members told me it was really good, and they all know I'm into sneakers. But then I, I read a bunch of like sneaker blogs on it, and they uh, said it was good. 
Um, but they were they wished it was a little more sneaker driven, uh, where it turned into like a business drama, which is cool because that's what it was also. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I'll enjoy it either way. But yeah, for those that don't know, it's like the, I think it's the Nike Jordan recruiting story. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of cool stories like that. Like Allen Iverson has one too. I think. Um, they they played a little bit of it, which I liked in the uh, Serena Williams movie. Yeah, they were was, talking about the back end, like signage and what it looks like and what the money looks like. There was a little bit of it in. Um, um, Showtime, game time. Oh yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. the hell it's called. Yeah, uh, yeah. the Lakers. Yeah, Showtime. fictional series. Yeah, yeah, with magic. With magic, Converse. Um, yeah, because it's it is it's like such, and that's what I like, even about lifting. But that's what I like about basketball is like the the culture is deeper than just like twos and threes. You yeah. know, the culture is about sneakers. It's about business. It's about music. It's about uh, cities. So I saw a fantastic example of that um, in London. It's actually, it was also in New York at some point. It was called Beyond the Streets. And it was, uh, um, uh, they basically took over this entire gallery. There was like 13, 13 rooms in this, in this uh, gallery in London. It was um, the origin and um, evolution of graffiti art. Oh, um, I might have seen that in L.A. You may have, yeah. I just watched a documentary on it too. Um, I, I this is the first time I've ever been to an art exhibit that I bought the book. It might, it's not here yet. But you liked it? Oh fuck, it was so good, dude. I wonder if it, yeah, it uh, it was right next to Barba Brigade. Oh really? Right next to, and we went. Uh, this is seven years ago, six years ago. Okay. And then the documentary I just watched uh, was about uh, Be Real and Cypress Hill. But uh-huh. it was about their like first DJ. This is what I I text you and Eddie to watch. Uh, did you watch it? Yeah. It, it, and it actually it's about music and it's about culture and it's about graffiti. Uh-huh. But what it's really about is their DJ's like passion for photography. Oh wow. Yeah. And he had an exhibit here. Uh, and obviously a bunch of like streetwear guys that I follow and shit. But I'm pretty sure that's what I saw. I might be wrong. But it has Obey. Uh, it had a yeah, bunch of things. Yeah, there. Um, there have been actually, I think, a couple of different versions of this. There's one that was in L.A. that's all Beastie Boys. Oh, that's and, cool. Um, Kyle's and, a random huge fan of Beastie and, Boys. And part of this one um, uh, featured Beastie Boys stuff. But it was like how how graffiti culture started yeah. and how it was initially tied into the punk music. Yeah, I think that's... And then it evolved into being tied into into hip-hop and then fashion. Yeah. And uh, it was crazy. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is what I saw or or, or like the beginnings of it like eight years ago because now it looks like it's a big old deal all over. It's got 200,000 like, followers. Run DMC's yeah. costumes because they were sponsored by Adidas for years. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah, they might have been the first rap group to have stuff like that. Yeah. Now it's not uncommon. This is kind of the first viral... Um, uh, yeah. Graffiti ever clapped yeah. it as God. Like clearly all the stuff that that led to like Banksy and some of these huge yeah. artists. I, I saw a, a couple of Banksy's. That's sick. Because we went to Bristol, which is where Banksy came from. Yeah. Yeah, the UK obviously not known for like hip hop and the street culture because like a lot of it obviously was, it was created in New York and then yeah. Los Angeles and spread to different cities, Atlanta, et cetera. But um, I think they've done a cool job of of – Making it their own over over time. Clothing. Some more of the Run DMC stuff, actually. Yeah, that's sneakers sick. signed. and It's kind of like the same sneakers I have on. It, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, they, um, 
Yeah, I love this stuff. Yeah, no, it was great. I was like, uh, of all the things that I did in the whole month that we were in Europe, that was the thing I wish you guys were there for. Yeah, yeah, it seems right on my mind. Because you, you would have. That and, we, and one day, um, uh, early in the trip, we went to uh, Portobello Market on a Saturday, uh, which is a neighborhood, but it's also like a giant street market. It just like they close the street down and it's the booths all the way down. And then there's like vintage clothing stores and high end restaurants and all That's that dope. kind of shit. And I would say 75% of the people that I saw of all ages were fucking dressed to the nines. Yeah. And I don't mean that they were like wearing fancy shit. Right. I mean that they were wearing like full on, like head to toe planned out outfits yeah, yeah yeah it was uh like curated and thought exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. i was blown away by that we were walk, walking around like our jaws on the ground yeah. going, jesus christ like like the creativity around putting that together yeah. and having it just be so you know perfect i think a lot of people that aren't into clothes or like like i said it's so tied to basketball for me and, and hip-hop that i just grew up loving basketball and then you turn to hip-hop and then you turn to sneakers and you turn to clothes like it yeah. just there's no way about it but a lot of people that don't look at that or like go to that or grew up in that or or don't like it mm -hmm. i think sometimes misinterpret it that it's like gatekeepy but to me and i'm no voice in the fashion industry by any means but to me it's literally just about like building your own confidence and then like having fun like yeah. you don't you don't have to like follow rules you don't have to wear a certain company you don't have to wear a certain style it's just about like all right what pieces do you think are cool like it could it could be as easy as that all art can be as cool as that music anything it doesn't have to have this deep meaning this deep story it could just be like yeah man i think that's cool <laughs> right yeah you know, like just i i think that looks cool Okay, then fucking wear it if it makes you feel good. This is how I want to represent myself. Yeah, yeah. I saw I saw whoever, this guy wear that, and I thought it was cool, and I found this hat and reminded me of that, so I wore it. Yeah, fucking do it. If it makes you feel good, like yeah. that's all it really is to me. And, and I think that's where it ties into sports, is like confidence, um, you know, baseball, golf, basketball, it doesn't really matter, but you got to like really believe – you got to like hype your own shit up. We talked about a little bit how egotistical that one golfer was in the golf documentary. Yeah. But like you kind of need that. Like if you think you're going to be the best and you think every shot's going to go in, like you kind of have to do everything in your life like it will. You can't just like you can't walk around all sad with your head down, all scrungy and then expect to step on a basketball court and think you're a god. Right. Like you got to kind of walk the walk and really live that. And then I think that's where the clothes kind of come in because it is obviously things we wear all day, every day. So as soon as you wake up, you got the music going, you put on your sneakers, you choose your fit to look good to go to the arena. I read a big article. I forget what the blog is. Maybe it's both. I don't really know a stanza. And it's not both of these nuts, but it's <laughs> both of something. It's like BOF. Uh, and it's about how the tunnel walk in basketball over the last four years has turned into a huge yeah, thing. Yeah. Wow. And like, it, it was kind of always a thing. Like I always put out my, my outfit going to the games and you pack your bag and you get ready. But like the NBA, maybe it's just because of a newer generation or like their ties to fashion or their ties to who knows what, but yeah, it's, it's like a, 
Yeah, it's a red carpet walk every time you go down the tunnel, which is, it, it, I think it is a cool thing. And then the NFL obviously does it a good amount. I'm sure baseball does it a good amount. Baseball started doing it more this year than I've yeah, ever seen yeah. before. Because, I mean, all those guys watch each other, and all, a lot of these guys grew up, even though they're so specialized, a lot of the guys grew up playing all three sports. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them did. I I think that um, this is something we've talked about in terms of, of – powerlifting gear or just you know not 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 like equipment but like you know your shoes or or your shorts or your belt or whatever whatever that um uh it's like putting on a costume when you're playing a role yeah 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 if you don't think you can pull 700 but then you build some confidence by your outfit, your sneakers, your uh-huh. belt. Yeah, you're you're 100 percent more likely going to pull 700. Uh-huh. Like, there's just no doubt. Yeah, it's a little bit of a placebo effect, but like it, it, what the things that build your confidence that don't hurt anybody else are like gravy, right? Yeah. I, mean, I wonder what the origin, for lack of a better term, of like wearing suits in business meetings are. Like if it's related to that. Oh, I think it probably is. Right. Um, like to show your wealth. Yeah. Or something like if you go way back to whatever the fuck, it's 1400 or something. Yeah. It's like to show that you're successful. Even now, right? Like realtors and people will drive a fucking Lexus because mm-hmm. they're like, hey, I know what I'm doing. Right. Like this is proof that what I do works and what I'm about to sell you or tell you works. Uh, I remember talking to my dad because he did uh, outside sales for a bunch of companies, but. Um, and the, he would get like car stipends, right? Because uh, he would have to go drive to Reno and sell whatever. And my dad was like, he read a lot of books uh, like that, um, although he wasn't a big reader. He would read like leadership and selling books mm-hmm. and stuff. And I, I was with him shopping for his last car, which I drove for a long time afterwards. But I remember him talking about that a little bit. And I don't know if he's right or wrong, but he was like, yeah, I don't really want to like come in with like a Benz because then it's like I'm, you know, going too hard. He's like, I just want something like clean and normal, but nice, you know. And so he shows like a upgraded like Subaru or something and reliable. Obviously, he wanted something normal. Um, but the psychology of all that definitely plays a role in i think everything we do and that's again why i like clothes right like yeah you wear a suit you look nice you Mm -hmm. feel nice you're gonna go in with confidence and maybe a smile on when you go to your big lawyers meeting or whatever but um it's a little bit like armor yeah for sure yeah like like, i think like you said like playing a character is is really good i think it was kate spade uh quote and i whipped this out and people like how the fuck do you know that i'm like i don't know i just reach it like why do you know a kate spade quote i think it's kate spade um she said something like um don't quote me on this quote because I'm going to butcher the fuck out of it. But it's basically like we play dress up um, when we're age eight and I believe that we should never stop or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like why wouldn't you want to dress or pretend the role that you want to be? Yeah. Another one that thinks, and I know you don't like it that much, but uh, pursuit of happiness. I think I think about that. Like he's always running around in a suit and obviously poor guy is the only clothes he had at the time. Yeah. Um, but he's like trying to like, like fake it till you make it type role. Yeah. You know, he's in these huge wall street esque meetings in san francisco trying to become the guy meanwhile sleeping in a subway but he's putting on the suit i think there's a scene where the guy asks him to grab a coffee or pay for his taxi and it's his last five dollars and he just does it just to believe in it mm-hmm. like it's a little like manifesty mm-hmm. worldly but i i do kind of believe in all that because i think it it whether you want to believe it actual that's fine with me if you're all spiritual and whatever but i think if you allow it to like kind of bleed down to reality there's applicable things that work there too like the pure confidence yeah just confidence is going to take you further than not 
Yeah, because so much of of like a first impression is about about confidence. Right. It's like striking the right tone right. with people, and yeah. So all these folks that I'm seeing in these totally fitted out, like, yeah. you, and you wonder, like, is that do they dress like that every day, or do they have one outfit like that that they want to be seen in? Yeah, yeah, you don't know. And then and then what I wonder is why why they are not here. Or like, why? Why did that city? I it, it's Paris was the same kind of thing yeah. too. While that it, it was, it was not all concentrated in one place, but it was. Yeah. The, I mean, all, all ages again. Yeah. All, all ages. Like it's probably more likely in New York and L.A. Yeah. Maybe even San Francisco than Arkansas. Um, but I wonder why even that is. Like, it, is it superficial? Because there's probably there may be a fact of that too, where you're literally just because then there's people that buy Prada belts and Gucci bags that that can't afford it, and mm-hmm. they're just trying to like fake that role Mm -hmm. rather than I do think, yeah, like building your confidence through expressing yourself or being comfortable. It's probably a fine line there. Yeah. It's not necessarily the cost of what you wear. And it's something I, I don't know. I've been, um, deep into succession, um, this, this season is it's nuts. Um, and they talk about how, because the characters are super, super rich but they're wearing very plain looking stuff a yeah. lot of the time, but it's incredibly expensive plain looking stuff. Oh yeah. 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 I know I've known guys like that, but I've also known guys, one of the richest people I've ever met in my life. Um, yeah. Drove a 85 Volvo and wore a flannel shirt that probably it wasn't one of those. It probably did cost $15 from yeah. Costco. Yeah. It was, it was a Pendleton and not yeah. a, not a, yeah. you know, yeah. Hidden Gucci or whatever. Yeah. The fuck. Whatever. Yeah. Um, it is funny how all that works. Yeah. So uh, to bring it back around a little bit to a fitness thing, but it is about appearances. I saw this on Jordan Feigenbaum's uh, uh, Instagram today. The question is whether you would rather look jacked and not be that strong or, oh, yeah. or be strong and not look that jacked. I mean, that's the old school bodybuilder versus powerlifter, right? Like yeah. the new school powerlifter is jacked because raw just makes you that way and people are so precise. They're trying to get in a weight class. Yeah. So you look like a Russ Orhe and all these guys, a Bob Matthews, they're, they look the part also. Yeah. And so that argument's kind of nil and void now. Um, and I guess to back up my body, bodybuilder friends, a lot of them are strong, just don't display it. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm sure Phil Heath benches well over 400 pounds when he wants to dig in. Bradley Martin's a good example. That dude can throw around weights. Yeah. Um, they are, He's a freak, though. Yeah, yeah, he is. And it's all close, more closely related than we thought Larry Wheels. Although, talk about controversy. Our boy Larry. Okay. Oh, Larry. Dive in, because I don't know. There's clips going around. I, I don't like to talk about it too much just based on clips. I normally like to do research, and I haven't yet. I haven't had time, because I think it came out yesterday. But he did a podcast with Bradley. Uh, last week um and he's <laughs> very open about his recreational drug use uh oh. and i think just talking about how crazy and i i think i get where he was going but it is weird and i've talked about this with bart a lot on youtube how um and maybe i'm too too traditional or old school with it but i think you know the spider-man shit when you when you get great power you get responsibility Responsibility. and so when you get a big following you have a responsibility to at least try to set some standards um and at least think about what you're saying to who right we don't know who's listening to this Mm -hmm. could be a four-year-old you know we don't know 
could be an 80 year old it could be someone whatever we won't apologize for the swearing because we carry an e for that but beyond that yeah and even beyond that yeah it gets so much worse than swearing right like they're talking about yeah like irresponsible drug use or irresponsible yeah are you promoting drugs you're talking about drugs so, are you uh, educating and basically he says that trend um oh i see is yeah. worse than I don't know if he, he he does say ketamine for sure, but he, he claims other drugs. And I'm like, well, like now what are we saying? So now are you like promoting ketamine? Like what what's going on here? That's a good question. And I, just how casual people talk about it. And I know it probably is casual for them, right? Because they all do steroids or everyone around them is mm-hmm. parties on whatever drugs. And so the more you're exposed to something, the more casual it becomes. I understand that. Um, but if you're talking to millions and millions of people, impressionable young people, Maybe we should watch our. What is that show that's primarily like retired bodybuilders talking about shit that they've done? That's is it a podcast or a real it's show? A podcast. Uh, I don't know. But it's a podcast, but it's also like a video thing. I don't know. Sounds funny though. Um, fit, podcast and video are uh, the blinds are blurred right now. Uh, YouTube just while I was gone implemented um, uh, a, a category for podcasts. So we're like we're we're currently in it. Yeah. Our 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 feed is identified as a podcast feed. Um, yeah. Theoretically, you, you could get featured at some point or whatever on their there's a podcast page. It's like youtubecom slash podcasts. Um, most of the ones that are in there are not podcasts. Interesting. Is from my perspective, yeah, yeah, they're yeah, just yeah. shows. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I guess that line is very gray now, right? Yeah. Because like the Barbara Brigade show I do, they just call it a show. But it's basically a ten minute podcast. Yeah. Right. But yeah, what's the line? Does it matter? Does it not matter? I don't know the bodybuilding one that you're talking about. But everyone I thought five years ago everyone had a podcast. Yeah. And, and then everyone not didn't. And then now everyone Yeah. Everybody's got one. Yeah. Cause there I mean, there is success to it. But then yeah, not to open this thing up to a whole another conversation. But we've talked about it too, where attention spans are like ten seconds or like two hours. Which is weird because everyone says like, oh, TikTok, yeah, that's ruining our attention span. But podcast viewership, I guarantee, is high as it's ever been. Yeah, and and I mean, I think that we would probably this is crazy, but and but probably true. Like we used to do a longer show. If we did a longer show, we might be better off. I don't Maybe. know. Yeah, I don't know either. I just don't have the desire to do a longer show. Yeah, at this not at this forced. stage of the game. Yeah, not forced for sure. Yeah, I mean, we could come up with a lot of category shit to cover every time, and yeah. we could do, you know, we could make it last longer. And, or or and, live streams. Yeah, and, streamers go eight hours a day. Yeah. And I don't, and I have no criticism for any of those people. That's if yeah. you know, if they could do it and they're comfortable with it and they're putting out good content and people are enjoying it, that's great. It's just not for me at this point. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Not for me at this point. But yeah, I mean, um, going back to the 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 question about what you look like i i mean i never felt like i looked like i was particularly strong and i wasn't terribly terribly strong but i but compared to the, like the average person probably yeah way stronger that's the whole thing too yeah if you compare it to the average i think top one percent's like 225 bench press in yeah. the world yeah which is crazy i saw a lot of like very in shape people while i was gone too i was yeah I mean, you see fewer fat people in europe for, for sure. whatever reason i just uh, overweight. I don't know what I'm supposed to say, but like fat's fine. Fat, yeah, yeah fat's fine. You're yeah. fat, and I don't even I don't know why, except uh, maybe just so much more walking. I think walking for sure. I, for sure, like the portion thing. I've heard that. Like they come over here and 
uh, they'll see like our portions at a restaurant. They're like, they're holy huge. cow. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But I, I, so much is walking. Um, there's no city you walk here besides what? Even San Francisco, they don't walk that much. Like no. it's New York and yeah. it's Manhattan. Yeah, it's Manhattan. It's not even all yeah. over the boroughs. And then it's, that's it. Like I imagine Chicago, you're driving. Boston, I've been to. Most people are driving. I am. Um, Downtown Sac, but then our weather's been crazy. Yeah. I lost about seven pounds while we were gone. Yeah, you said 20,000 steps. That's a 20, shit ton over, of steps. Average 20,000 steps a day. That's yeah. a shit ton. That was a lot. Yeah. I mean, and, and it is that easy when people want to talk about losing weight. You get up your steps, man. You get a long ways. Yeah, no, it really it really makes a difference. It's 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 not as important as what you eat, but it's almost as important yeah. as what you eat. Yeah, yeah, you can't one for one counteract shit. But I know my cutting, and I've been waiting for it because Bart keeps Bart's going to try to do a bodybuilding show. I don't know if that's a spoiler. Sorry, Bart. Um, he's going to try to do a bodybuilding show, I think. And so he, I'm handling him at his meet this weekend. Uh, and then I think he's cutting crazy. I was like, bro, I'll cut with you, like just to show support. Uh-huh. I was like, but I need some sun. Because the only way I do it is when I walk and bike ride. Right. Like, I've lost some weight. I'm down I'm down 10 pounds since December. But, like, to really cut, I need sun mm-hmm. to make me want to go outside. Like, even this morning, I was debating it, but it's 50 degrees still. I looked at the thing. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to ride my bike in 50 degrees. Like, my hands get cold. Then I'm in here cold. Yeah. Like, it's just too much. But if we get into some 60s, 70s, which I think are on the way again, um, yeah, it makes it so much easier to walk, bike, just, yeah, be outside. I was going to um, – I was actually going to go out this morning – but I didn't. Um, I got involved in looking at different things and uh, and just didn't go. But, yeah. uh, but you know, it's not going to get so hot today that I won't do it later in the day. No, yeah, it'll be nice. Yeah, and I'll just do cardio inside rather than outside. But it is much easier outside. You get a little sun and breathe. Yeah. Well, that's all I got about all I got for today. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, new episodes every single Wednesday and Friday. Uh, 3SB.co, new clothes coming early May and mid-June. Stay tuned if you want to get involved. GoodCompanyDiscord.com. Um, I'm Solomon Micah everywhere you want to find me. And if you're in Northern California, 3rd Street, Barbell, Sacramento, California. And and you're going to be at the Barbell Brigade meet, yeah? So the meet oh, is, uh, we are, but that's July. Okay. We'll be um, somewhere in Anaheim. Some gym I've never heard of. Oh, some that, that Bart's, Bart's meet that Bart's doing. Yeah, okay, so, so Bart's competing Sunday. I'm there. Um, and then I'm in Texas for six, seven days filming. Getting her done. Speaking of Texas, I discovered um, over the past few days, I actually really discovered yesterday that Joe Stanek and I are like distant cousins. Yeah. Like legitimately. Yeah. The deep <laughs> uh, the deep Euros. Deep Euros. Yeah, yeah. I am at the Jim McD on all the social media. This show is 50% facts, where percent is a word, and 50 is just numbers. 50% facts is a Spreaker Prime podcast in association with iHeartMedia on the Obscure Celebrity Network. And we'll talk to you Friday. <laughs>